Today is March 20th, 2021. This is episode 114 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, welcome back to another episode of Back to Normal. Today, I want to take a step backwards and talk a little bit about um, the original conceit of this show, which was um, it, originally it was actually a daily um, podcast. And I would talk a lot about, you know, the kind of things it would take to get um, back to normal post pandemic. And, you know, I have the ability now working from home to to uh, I have a lot more time, especially especially in the morning and on weekends um, to think about things and and, you know, sharpen my skills of podcasting to to create a show like this where I can just kind of talk about what I'm thinking. And, you know, I have the ability to do this until things get back to normal. If, if things get back to completely normal, where, you know, I'm going nine to five uh, at work, I don't have, I, I probably lose the ability to do this show. Not necessarily. I probably could still do it. But at the time when I created it, it was like, okay, well, I can do this. But once I start, when it was a daily thing every morning, the odds that I can record a podcast in the morning before going to work, um, yeah, negligible. And so, um, yeah, there's this interesting idea that um, this show only exists while there's a pandemic going on and that it will be difficult to exist in the same form. Now, I've already gone down after 100 episodes. Um, I dropped from daily to weekly, but um, I thought it would be interesting to take a look back and, and kind of discuss that original premise of the show, which is, um, you know, what's it going to take to get things back to normal? And it's been it, it seems like an appropriate time to do it. Um, this week was the one year, I'm not going to call it a celebration, but the one year recognition of um, starting this whole working from home thing. Um, it's an important time at work in that the end of March is the end of our fiscal year. So everything financially wise is is wrapping up right now, getting ready to reset for a new cycle. It's this is now the second time that we've done this kind of end of year cycle from home. So Whereas last year we we're all scrambling and like trying to get back into the office to sign documents. I would never do that. I would <laughs> digitally sign a document, but there were people that were like, no, we need a wet signature on the document in order for things. It's like, no, no, in 2021, you don't need a, an actual ink signature on a document. Um, it's funny how things change because like nobody's trying to do that now. We've, we've all been just dealing digital stuff for a year. Um, yeah. So it's now been a year and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that but for me um my main idea here is that it's been a year now and i've kind of i've been thinking about this for a while now i've kind of adapted and so i want to talk about how that works um from my perspective um kind of in contrast with how i think a lot of people are, are dealing with the one year anniversary of the pandemic um the other thing i want to talk about i addressed last week briefly um which is vaccine hesitancy and especially in the context of these rare and adverse reactions that we're seeing potentially being connected to the vaccine. Um, I find it really hard to, to get firm evidence. Like there, yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole like episode that I've written in my mind about how it's not that you can't trust people because they're lying, but it's like, you can't trust information that is so new that we don't, we haven't had time to really study it. And this is one of those things where it's like, there's a whole issue with potential blood clots in the brain. Um, that's extraordinarily rare no matter what. And then 
there are cases of it of people in people who've gotten the vaccine, but there are also cases of the same thing outside of the vaccine. And and there's also this weird thing where <laughs> I've been reading the, this connection between um, birth control pills and this a similar or same blood clotting thing, um, and how like in something like the birth control pill, it's way more common to have blood clotting issues or like platelet issues, um, and just how how we're all primed right now in 2021 in the way we are having just been through four years of Donald Trump and um, you know all the propaganda and misinformation that's out there how like anti-vaccine rhetoric and vaccine hesitancy is at like an all-time high an absolute all-time high and like um, I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm hoping that because I think it was worse actually up until recently that we have had an all-time high in this kind of thing and like anti-science thinking. Um, the idea here is not that science just magically knows all the answers, um, but that science is a living organism. It's science only exists because of the people that do it. And so saying you're hesitant to take a vaccine, I don't think there's anything wrong with being hesitant to take a vaccine, but the evidence is there showing that it's effective and that if there are any side effects, like there are side effects to a vaccine there, you get because so much of most illnesses are caused. So many of the, the symptoms we feel for most illnesses are caused by our immune system's reaction to those illnesses. And I mean, obviously, there are some diseases that will kill you regardless of that. But there are a lot of symptoms of, of covid which directly relate to our immune response. And there was this whole thing about um Early on, I haven't heard it so much lately, but I think I think we're starting to recognize the immune um, nature of or the the autoimmune nature of COVID um, and how it how our body reacts to it. That is made, leading to better treatments. But there's a while there, and maybe it's still happening, um, where you would either you would get pneumonia and potentially this um, condition called a cytokine storm, which is basically an an auto an autoimmune over response, which would really be damaging to your body. And I think that that's that that those reactions have lessened now. But I think like in general, one of those two things happen when people die of COVID. And so when you get a vaccine, especially the two dose vaccines, I've heard this is just based on on things that I've been reading over the last several months. Um, the first dose of the vaccine really just kind of tells your body, hey, there's here's this foreign thing, this this um, spike protein. and you should recognize this as an intruder. And then once your body has built up that immunity, you get the second the boost, kind of a booster dose of the vaccine. And suddenly your body goes, whoa, I need to like seriously overreact to this. And that second dose is when you really feel like you got hit by a truck. Like you're not you're not getting the actual illness of COVID, which which is the thing that really causes damage to your body. But you are getting the immune response, which is, you know, your body temperature goes up. Um, you feel really sore, like your body is trying to fight. Your body thinks it's fighting a virus. So it's doing all these things that you recognize, that you notice, that are uncomfortable. Um, but it's not getting sick because of it. Your body is reacting to something that is benign. And then it will remember that benign reaction. If you ever do get COVID, it will just instantly ramp up to fight it off. And you won't get really sick and the, the virus won't be able to replicate quickly and won't be able to do the damage that it can do if it's just left to its own devices. Um, 
So obviously, I think that there's lots of reasons, especially because we've kind of we've kind of adapted in a way to the vaccine or when, when you think, OK, I need to take the vaccine. There's a possibility that I might feel really sick for a couple of days, like I might feel really under the weather. But on the other hand, once we all get this, um, we'll be able to, you know, start to interact again, start to see each other in person. We won't have to have everything be shutting down and reopening and shutting down and reopening. And for me, I know that on in one way, I'm kind of like, you know, do I need the vaccine? Like if everybody else get like there's this whole there's a whole thing that's that's very illogical, but like human nature to think about. Um, it's like if I don't I don't need the vaccine, if everyone else is getting it, like if by the time my name comes up on the list, transmission is way down and nobody is getting covid anymore because there's no way for it to transmit because everyone's protected like herd immunity can protect you. But that's like the whole um, paradox of your your individual vote not counting. Like if everyone thinks that way, you're not going to you're not going to pick the political party you want. And if everyone thinks, OK, if I personally don't get a vaccine, um, I'll still be protected by everybody else. Like it doesn't work on mass. You have to like the public health advice is there for a reason. You We all have to get it. It's not <laughs> there's no individual opt out here. And um, so I think it's it's kind of it's obviously very interesting and like there's nothing wrong with vaccine hesitancy, but I think the the goal here shouldn't be to call out like ignorance when it comes to vaccines, because I don't think that's what hesit where hesitancy is coming from. I think there's it's coming from a lot of misinformation and just wanting to, you know, make sure that you're doing the right thing for you and your family and, and the people you care about. And so really it comes to it comes down to talking to people who are hesitant and just saying, like explaining all of this and saying um, it's been t this has been tested thoroughly. Um, this is the way out of all of these pandemic regulations. Like the, the safe and responsible thing to do is not to go out and party and just live life like it was back in, in 2019. The smart thing to do is to wait, be patient and use, you know, we have lots of digital technology. This would have been way harder to do. It would have been way, way, way harder to go through a pandemic without things like the internet and all the technology that we use to communicate every day. Um, we're very lucky in that sense that we have this technology now to be able to um, be physically distant from one another, but still be able to be in contact like pretty much regularly, if not better than we were before. Now, um, in terms of my personal um, thoughts about how life is going in the pandemic, I think I have to compare it to um, how a lot of people are feeling, which is like, oh, we're coming up on a year of being at home. Uh, I'm really sick of this. I want to see my friends. I want to see family. I want to go eat in restaurants. I want to go to movies. And like, it is true that I do want to do those things at some point when it's safe to do so. But um, from my perspective, I have basically like, I think it's mostly my personality. Like I'm very adaptable to different situations and I'm also quite introverted. And so that kind of means that I have once I accepted the reality that we were going to be at home for a while, once I accepted the reality we couldn't really see people, I kind of went, okay. And I'm now just fully happy living in the bubble. Um, we do what we can, like what is safe and what we know we can do. And I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not itching to do any of these unsafe things until it is safe to do so. Like that's, that's totally my, my thought now. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, once I get the vaccine, like then I'm going to feel safe. Um, I don't feel that way. 
I'm not going to feel safe when I get the vaccine. I'm going to feel safe when I know the vaccine is causing a reduction in transmission and that everyone getting it means that we can now reduce transmission in the community of COVID. And like, as long as it's all out there, unless we somehow get evidence, which like, again, that's not how science works. We're not going to get evidence right away that people who get vaccinated don't get it or like don't get it severely. Like I would love if they said, oh yeah, once you get the vaccine, like you're, you're completely protected from the worst outcomes of COVID. The worst you can get is like a flu for a couple of days. That would make me feel a lot more comfortable going out, but I don't think we're going to get that kind of evidence right away. Um, I think it's going to take months or a very long time to actually get evidence that, that getting COVID is not dangerous anymore. Like not dangerous to the to the level that getting a flu is not dangerous. And I think a lot quicker, we're going to just it's just not going to be in the community as much, if at all. And so we're going to feel safe going out because of that, because it's just not being transmitted anymore. And so honestly, I think if I get if I ever get covid, if it becomes endemic and just never dies out, even if we're all vaccinated and we all get boosters and all that, if if it never dies out, um, there's a chance like I'll eventually get it. But if it if that doesn't happen, if it if by the end of like 2021 or 2022, it's gone completely, we've like, I'm going to say eradicated, but that's probably not the right terminology. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to get it in that case. Like, I am not doing something that is unsafe, regardless of whether I get the vaccine or not. I'm, I'm going to follow public health advice to the end. Like, I want to see my friends as much as the next person, but I'm not sacrificing my safety or theirs or um, my in-laws who we see in our bubble ever, like I'm not doing that. And so from, from my perspective in that case, um, yeah, this is, this is my life now and this will be my life until it's safe to not be. I don't, I hope, I don't know how many people feel that way or if it's really just me, um, or if that's kind of the mentality of a much older person, but that's, that's how I feel. And that leads me to my kind of last point for today, which is, um, what is, what is normal going to look like? Like, at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought I legitimately thought like, OK, we're going to eventually this is going to like we're going to get to a point with vaccine that we're going to turn this off and things are going to be the way they were again. But now, after having lived with it for a year, I don't think we're ever going back to normal. I don't think normal like I think we are looking at a new normal and especially with technology being the way that it was, if we didn't have any technological solutions to seeing each other during a pandemic. I think there's a chance things might eventually just go back to the exact way they were. But with technology evolving, with technology changing, with some things like um, when you have to wear a mask, like face ID on my phone, that is going away. That's not coming back. When they develop new technology to be able to do this, we're not going to get face unlocked because um, masks are going to be a much more normal part of life for a while now. I don't think that we're like a lot of things that people are looking forward to going back to are not going to be the same as they were. There's going to be some things that are the same. A lot of the core um, human experience is going to be the same day to day. But for example, I don't think having seen how every business, almost every business, except for obvious exceptions, um, basically essential services that need to be in person are going to stay in person. But basically every other business, I think is going to have a really hard time convincing people that they need to go, for example, into the office five days a week. I think like honestly, I think this is good. I think society is going to be a lot become a lot more distributed in the wake of this pandemic. I think people are going to realize, hey, we don't need to go into one office in downtown in of a big city in order to do a job. I think we can we can live pretty much anywhere. 
um, as long as we have internet access and like a sense of community. And so I hope, I think it'd be really nice if, for example, we live in Ottawa, I think it'd be really cool if, if each kind of neighborhood, each community built up its own kind of little downtown core with like where, where you could have satellite offices for things and you could have, especially a government town, especially like that. Um, there was already talk of like pop-up uh, like day offices for government workers um, spread out throughout Ottawa. And I think that this will just hopefully accelerate that. And that like, rather than feeling like we have to send everybody down to a downtown core every day during the week, that we can feel a lot more comfortable building, you know, office space, building all these kinds of amenities, um, you know, little cafes, restaurants, all that kind of stuff in each pocket of communities, even to, to a larger extent than it is now. I recognize that this does happen, that the, it's not like there's no office space in Orleans or in w where we live, but um, I think it's going to become, or I think there's a good opportunity for it to become at least uh, a lot more decentralized. Like that's a good word for it. Just get rid of the need for every single person, like by default, the idea being, oh, you need office space in the downtown core. And you have to go there five days a week and every single person who like works an office job have, has to go downtown to do that work. Um, it'd be really cool if we started, we were able to start building some kind of smaller office space. I don't think we're building office space now to do that because there's no reason to build new office space post pandemic because we don't know when things are going to be normal again. But once I think once that does start happening, I think it'd be really nice to see um, it would get rid of the need for like highway expansions. Um, transit would still be really nice because obviously people still live in different places. Like public transit being more decentralized, I think would help any city get better. There's a huge opportunity for a cycling network and pedestrian network to be expanded because if you have this decentralized neighborhood, like there's this whole concept of 15 minute neighborhoods. I think it'd be really nice to be able to just get get around your neighborhood by on foot and get to things you need, um, groceries, even just like staple groceries, go to restaurants on foot. Like like you would in a downtown core, but in any neighborhood, like a suburb can kind of grow its own little little downtown. And um, I don't know, I, I think that would be really cool. So that, this is kind of now what I'm looking towards is not things getting back to normal. And it's almost like every concept of every show defeats itself. Um, but I'm now not thinking we're getting back to normal. I think we're going like it's almost like we have to go forward to normal. And that's an exciting idea for me because I think there's a lot of opportunity that we can take as society, as any individual big city uh, or medium city or whatever you want to call Ottawa. Um, yeah, I think forward to normal is is the way to go. Anyways, I'm not going to dwell on that for too long. I think that's a cool idea. Let me know what you think. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Attrell. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, that's it for this week. Talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye.